The Productive Woman, Episode 294. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thank you for joining me. This week, we're going to talk about a few things that I know for sure about productivity and making a life that matters. You'll find more information and links in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 294. One of my all-time favorite movie quotes comes from the movie Rudy. And if you haven't seen it, this is a movie about a young man whose dream in life is to play football for Notre Dame College. And it kind of tells his story. And there's a scene in the movie where he's talking with a priest who is kind of a, an advisor to him, someone that he confides in from time to time. And I don't even remember what it was they were talking about specifically at the time. I think it had to do with Rudy feeling discouraged about all the obstacles he was coming up against in, in trying to fulfill his dream of playing football for Notre Dame. But what I remember from the scene is something that the priest said to him. And it's something along the lines of the, the older he gets, the fewer things he knows for sure. And he says, at this point in my life, it's down to just two things I know for sure. There is a God and I'm not him. And that quote has stuck with me over the years since I first saw the movie, um, because it, it really boils things kind of down to the very bottom line for this person uh, of how many things are uncertain and how few things we can be sure of in life. I've thought about this quote a lot lately in the context of some of the heated debates or arguments that I've seen on social media. And I've noticed how often, whether it's on social media or on television or whatever, or in conversations, how often people will say they know something to be true, something uh, about an event that occurred or about someone's motive or intentions for saying or doing something that they said or did. And people, you know, take a very strong stance about knowing for sure this is what happened. And often when I see those kinds of statements, and, and frankly, when I'm tempted to make those kinds of statements myself, I think to myself, do you know? Do you really know? Because truthfully, for instance, when it comes to events, we don't actually know what happened unless we were present when it happened. And sometimes not even then, you know, because our perceptions of things that we observe are always filtered through our preconceived beliefs of which we are often not even aware. And that's why multiple people can witness or experience the same event and yet remember it completely differently. We are often so certain we know the truth of something until there is proof that shows that we were mistaken about what we know to be true. I think that's particularly true when it comes to other people. 
about what their motives or their intentions are. We often can make assumptions about why they're doing what they're doing or what they intend and what they say based on what we observe. But the truth is we can never really know what's in another person's mind. You know, those are kind of the thoughts that I've been having as I read these conversations on social media and, and watch the news and that sort of thing. And I've been thinking about it a lot as a milestone birthday has approached for me. As I'm recording this, I am less than two weeks away from my birthday. And by the time you hear this, I will have turned 60 years old just a couple of days ago. And as that milestone date approached, I have been thinking a lot about what I know for sure and what questions I have and, you know, where life has brought me so far and where I'm going next. And as I thought about that, I began to write down some things that I know for sure. And I thought I would share them with you. And I do this because I think they are relevant to uh, productivity in the sense of making a meaningfully productive life. And the things we know for sure impact our ability to do that. So here, for whatever it's worth, are a few things that I know for sure. And the first one has to do with habits. And what I know for sure is that what we do consistently makes a much bigger difference in our lives than what we do occasionally. For instance, I mean, the perfect example is what we eat. If we, you know, eat a really healthy meal every once in a while, but eat junk food consistently, that's going to have one impact on our health. Um, and if we do the reverse, that is most of the time eat healthy foods uh, and just occasionally eat something junky, that's going to have a different impact on our health. What matters most isn't what we do every once in a while, but what we do all the time. Similarly, if we, you know, spend most of our time as a couch potato, not doing much physically, but then every once in a while go out for a bike ride or something. It's better than nothing, but our life, our health, our physical condition, all those things will be more affected by the things that we do consistently. And so habits matter. And we've talked about that in the past on this podcast, and that's because it is something that I know for sure that what we do consistently makes a much bigger difference and has a much bigger impact on the outcome of our life than what we do occasionally. So that's the first thing I know for sure. Uh, and these are in no particular order other than just as they came to me when I sat down for my own sake, to write these things out and kind of get a handle on the, what I know for sure. So the second thing has to do with persistence or maybe more properly said perseverance. And that is this. I know for sure that tiny steps taken repeatedly over time will get us where we want to go. And this is kind of tied to what, uh, you know, to the first one that I just said, we, well, certainly I have a tendency to take on big projects or have big goals or big dreams and think they are so huge that sometimes they're overwhelming and I don't feel like I can accomplish them. I get kind of stumped and, and paralyzed because it's so big, but I know for a fact that the biggest project that I can take on 
can be accomplished one tiny step at a time. And we've talked in the past on the podcast about when you have a project, uh, breaking it down into the smallest possible steps and just you do the first one and then you do the next one. And if you persevere, if you keep going, no matter what the obstacles are, if you keep taking those tiny steps over and over, over time, you will accomplish that thing that you want to accomplish. You will get where you want to go. We maybe want to make one big leap and get there, but a lot of times it doesn't work that way, does it? It's the small steps taken repeatedly over time that get us there. All right. So the third thing that I know for sure has to do with limits. And that's this. I know, I believe with everything I know from my life experience, that probably the single most valuable habit in terms of productivity is the habit of writing things down. Anytime I'm asked that this question, and I get asked from time to time, if you could only tell a person one thing about how to be more productive, what would it be? Well, there are lots of things that we can do to be more productive, but if I can only say one thing, this is it. That habit of writing things down makes a huge difference in our ability to accomplish what matters to us, make meaningfully productive lives. We and and it has to do with the limits of what we're capable of holding in our heads. We think we can remember things, and sometimes we can, but there are limits on our mind's capacity to hold stuff. We are, I've heard it said that our minds are better at having ideas than storing them. There are limits to what we can hold uh, in our memory at any given time in terms of things we need to remember to do or ideas we want to remember to follow up on. And everything we try to hold in our head consumes a tiny bit of mental energy. It takes a tiny bit of our ability to focus. Um, and those things over start to add up and can make us make it hard for us to give focused attention to the really important stuff. And the other issue with trying to hold things in our head is that things start to drop through the cracks and we feel frustrated at our inability to uh, stay on top of things. But developing that habit of writing things down, whether it's appointments or tasks, ideas or information, anything that we want to be able to recall or follow up on, if we get into the habit of writing it down and we get them, those things out of our heads and leave space there and mental energy for the creative thinking and problem solving that is so important to uh, advancing in our life and really accomplishing the things that matter. So that's the third thing that I know for sure, that writing things down, that habit of writing things down is probably the single most valuable habit in terms of making a productive life. The fourth thing that I know for sure um, has to do with control. I know this is true, and it took me a long, long time to learn this, but that the only thing in the world I can control is what's happening between my ears. I can't control my circumstances. I certainly can't control other people. Many times we can't control, you know, things about our health or, you know, there obviously there are things that we can do, but 
you know, things happen. I was born with a congenital hip problem. I can't control that. I can't do anything about the consequences of that. There are many, many things in the world around us that we cannot control. The only thing we truly have control over is our own thoughts. And as I said, that's a lesson. It it took me till not very long ago to really internalize that I have the ability to control my thoughts. And if I control my thoughts, I control my experience of the world. I believed when I was younger that I was sort of at the mercy of my thoughts. Things just came into my head from, you know, wherever and, and I couldn't do anything about it. But the truth is I can. And I'm not saying that I think we need to learn to pretend we don't think things or, or, or ignore feelings or in, ignore the thoughts that come to us. What I'm saying is I can't control the things around me, but I do have the ability and the choice to control my own thoughts. And because what I think creates the feelings that I feel, if I don't like how I'm feeling, I can identify the thoughts I'm having that are creating those feelings. And I can decide if I want to change how I feel by changing what I focus on. And I think that that has been a life-changing realization for me. The fifth thing I know for sure has to do with acceptance. And this really is a, something I know for sure uh, as a person of faith. And that is that God cares more about who I am than what I do. And it's not that what we do doesn't matter, but our character is more important than our activity. I truly believe that to be the case. I've said it before on this podcast, what you do matters, but you are not what you do. And if we focus on being the kind of person we want to be, identifying who that is, and then asking ourselves, what kinds of things would that sort of person do? And if I am the kind of person who is if it's important to me to be a kind person, then I can ask myself, what would a kind person do in this situation? Maybe where somebody did something mean to me, what would, if I want to be the kind of person who's kind, what would that person do? And I can respond accordingly. If I want to be the kind of person who is confident, how would that kind of person act? So what we do is an outflow of who we are. And I think that who we are matters more than anything. The sixth thing that I know for sure has to do with connection. And it's this. I believe, I know that this is true, that I can have more influence on people, even people who disagree with me, if they know I care about them. I think that connection among people is so important. We've talked in the past about how Brene Brown says we are wired as human beings. We are wired for connection. And uh, when we are isolated from each other physically or emotionally, um, it's hard for us. And when I think about this issue that I can have more influence on people, uh, even the people who don't like me, 
if they know I care about them, I think that's so important because you see, this goes back to the, what I was talking about at the beginning about the, the conversations I see, not really conversations, they're arguments that I see on social media about various issues of the day and the, the anger that is sort of thrown out there at people and the judgments that are made of people, the dehumanizing of other people in the assumptions that are made and that are behind what's said. And, you know, we have a tendency to want to hang around people who are like us, but the problem is we can't, uh, we can't ever learn or grow if everybody we're around agrees with us all the time. And we can't ever make a difference in, in other people's lives if the only people we ever talk to are people who already think just like we do. What I think is important is to genuine, not, not act like we care about other people, but learn to genuinely care about people, even the people who we disagree with. Uh, I, I keep thinking about the fact that nobody has ever been persuaded to change by someone who stood at a distance and threw rocks at them. And when there is someone out there who is behaving in a way that you find despicable or you just that you just disagree with, to keep yourself at a distance, to refuse to interact with them and just criticize and, and talk about how wrong they are or even just to think about how wrong they are, you have zero chance of influencing them to change. And I'm not saying we should be kind to people to change them. I'm just saying staying at a distance and just hurling insults will not make a difference in the world. It will not make a positive difference in the world. That's why it's so important to be kind to and even friendly with people who think differently from me. Um, this is also important to the last thing that I know for sure, which I'll talk about in a minute. Uh, to me, it's important to associate with, be, even be friends with people who believe things very different than, than the things that I believe and to be able to listen to them, to hear them, not just to refute them. Again, we can have more influence on other people if they know we genuinely care about them. And that sort of ties with the next one. And we're all, we're almost done here. Uh, the seventh thing that I know for sure, and it has to do with compassion. I truly believe that everyone, even those whose actions I may despise, everyone is doing the best they're capable of with the resources available to them at that moment. And by resources, I mean with the knowledge, the intelligence, the emotional strength, the um, courage, whatever it is, whatever you know, the, the mass of resources that we draw on the whole spectrum of those to just get through the day. We all, everybody has different levels of those. Some people have more intelligence than others. Some people have more education than others. Some people have more emotional resilience than others. Um, you know, some people have a broader experience of life than, than others do. All of those things are resources that are brought to bear in our, um, in the choices that we make in the world. And I really do believe that everybody really is, even the people that do things that I find despicable, 
they are doing the best they're capable of with the resources available to them at that moment. It sort of goes with um, something that Maya Angelou has said, when you know better, you do better. And, and I apply that to myself as well. When I have made a choice that I wish I hadn't made, I need to be able to look on myself with compassion and say, well, that wasn't great, but that was the best I was capable of at that moment with the, the energy and the, you know, whatever other resources I had available to me. What do I need to know so that I can do better next time? That's what I think about in those situations. And you can think about other people that way. When people are doing things that you don't understand or that don't make sense to you, to be able to take a step back and say, you know what, that's just the best they're capable of with the resources they've got available to them right this minute. The corollary to that is something I've seen on social media, and you may have seen this meme out there, something to the effect of be kind. Everyone you meet is fighting battles you can't even imagine. And that's really true. And it's so important to remember when we get into a situation with someone who maybe, you know, just does something rude to us or selfish or unkind to take a step back and instead of responding in kind or thinking they're just a terrible person, take a step back and say, I don't know what's going on in their minds. I don't know what battles they're fighting internally. I don't know what kind of day they've had. And maybe that's just the best they could do. And it wasn't very good. And I wish they could have done better, but that's the best they're capable of right now. I think this applies to ourselves as well. Beating up on ourselves for mistakes that we make does not help. But if we can recognize them, if we can stop and give ourselves, you know, exercise compassion and say, all right, that wasn't great. That was not my most shining moment, but that was the best I was capable of at that moment. Show a little compassion and learn from that. What resources do I need in order to be capable of doing better next time? Now, I want to say that this belief that I have that everybody's doing the best they're capable of at that moment is not an excuse for bad behavior. It doesn't mean there aren't consequences. This belief is not about letting the other person off the hook for their bad behavior. It's about managing my own perceptions of the humanness of the other people that I meet. It's easy to dismiss someone I don't know that I have no reason to care about and judge them harshly um, and, and dehumanize them. I see so much of that going on these days. And, you know, it makes me feel like, all right, am I, am I really getting as old as the number on my birth certificate is now telling me I'm getting to that? I, I see so much unkindness and so much dehumanizing of other people that we disagree with. This, this thing that I know for sure is not about excusing bad behavior in someone else. It's about how I want to look at the world. It's about me being able to look at someone who's done something, even something terrible and recognize, you know what? They are not only this horrible thing that they've done. They are a human being with a story. I don't know with a past. I don't know. 
And even if they've done something horrible to me, it helps me to forgive them. That does some good for me. And I can do that better if I can let myself believe that that that's the best they were capable of with the resources they had available to them at that moment. That to me, that compassion is so necessary, not only to be able to, you know, influence other people, but to be able to be more at peace in the world and to be happier within myself instead of walking around thinking of other people as something less than human just because I don't agree with the choices they've made or the actions they've taken. And so maybe of all of the things that I know for sure, this is probably the most important and the one that I have to work the hardest at to remember when I'm angry at someone or hurt by someone to not dehumanize them, but to step back and say, this is a person. I don't know what battles they're fighting. That's probably the best they're capable of. And again, there may be consequences nevertheless, but there are consequences within the context of humanity. And I think that's important. And the eighth thing, the last thing that I know for sure has to do with humility. And it's this, no matter how certain I am of being right about a particular fact or idea, there is always a very real possibility that I might be wrong. And I think for me, keeping that in mind all the time is so important. It keeps me from closing off my mind to new possibilities, to new information. And it ties to, you know, what I was talking about earlier when I was talking about connection and, and being able to have more influence on the people, even the people that disagree with me, if they know I care about them, having lots of, of connections with people who think differently from me, whose experiences are different from me, whose background and whose education, whose knowledge and whose, whose perspective is different, gives me the opportunity to learn and grow in a way that I can't, if I am so persuaded that my position is correct, uh, that I have closed off any possibility of, of contrary information getting in. There's this thing called confirmation bias that you've heard of that we tend to see in any situation evidence that proves the truth of what we already believe. And that's why people can hear a statement made by someone and hear it, uh, interpret it one way and somebody else hears it, interprets it completely differently because they heard what they expected to hear or they saw what they expected to see because it confirms what they already believe anyway. That's why we tend to give the benefit of the doubt to people we like and trust. Even if they say something kind of dumb or unkind, we assume something good behind it. Well, what they really meant, they didn't really mean it the way it sounded. They meant this instead. And it's why we tend to attribute the worst possible intentions to things said by people we already disagree with or that we don't, you know, decided we don't like. We Confirmation bias does that. And so humility to me is so important that 
even on things that I know that I know that I'm absolutely certain I know the truth about to always keep in mind the very real possibility that I could be wrong, that I could have perceived what I saw, what I heard, whatever, through the lens of what I expected to see or hear and maybe have missed the evidence that proves that I was wrong in the first place. I try to keep that in mind. And that is the, you know, number eight of the things that I uh, know for certain uh, that it's very possible that I could be wrong. So those are, uh, as I'm approaching, or as you're listening to this just past a kind of milestone birthday, and I'm looking on, on my life and the things that I've learned from my now six decades on the planet, which is kind of crazy, it boils down to this. These are the things that I know for sure um, about habits, that what we do consistently makes a much bigger difference than what we do occasionally about the importance of perseverance because tiny steps taken repeatedly over time will get us where we want to go Uh, about limits, recognizing that my mind can't hold everything and that the single most valuable habit in terms of living a productive life is the habit of writing things down. What I know for sure about control that, that the only thing in the world I can control is my own mind what I know for, for sure about acceptance, that God cares more about who I am than about what I do. Not that what I do doesn't matter, but who I am is the thing to focus on first because actions flow out of character. What I know about connection, about the importance of caring for other people as human beings and about compassion, that those everybody out there is just doing the best they're capable of that we all have the ability to grow and improve and do better because as Maya Angelou said, when you know better, you do better, but learning to look on other people and recognize that they're doing the best they can uh, has, it makes for a much more peaceful and happy me. And finally, what I know about the importance of being humble, that no matter how certain I am of being right, there's always that very real possibility that I might be wrong. So those are the things that I know for sure. But what about you? What do you know for sure? I would love if you would share with me your thoughts. If you, even if you disagree with the things that I've said, I know for sure. If there's something you know for sure, I'd love to hear what it is. You can share that in the comment section of the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 294 or post a comment in the on the Productive Woman Facebook page. If you are a member of the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, uh, please feel free to, to post there something that you know for sure. Uh, and uh, we can continue the conversation there. If you're a woman who listens to this podcast and you're not yet a member of the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, I would love it if you join us. Uh, it is a private group open to any woman who listens to the podcast, and it's a place where we can get together and continue the conversations that start on the show, ask each other questions uh, for or for ideas and, and support and encourage each other, hold each other accountable 
to accomplishing those things that we care about most, you can go to the Productive Woman uh, com slash group, I think it is. And it should take you to that page and you can just, um, click on the join button. Be sure you answer those three questions so that I know you're actually a person who uh, listens to the show and wants to be part of the community. And I would love to join you there. If you would prefer to share your thoughts with me privately, as always, you can email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at the productive And uh, I'd love to hear from you. Before we go, I want to say a special thank you to someone who has um, helped me in so many ways over the last couple of years. And that's Sarah, the woman who has been my virtual assistant for, uh, I didn't sit down and count it, but it's been at least a couple of years now. She's handled various tasks for me, helping me with show notes and just lots of different things and done it in a, handled all of that with professionalism and with enthusiasm, but beyond just doing the tasks, she's also encouraged me, um, kind of held me up when I would get, uh, overwhelmed or tired. Uh, she's inspired me with ideas that she contributed and I have been so blessed and fortunate to have her help for the last couple of years. She is moving on to other opportunities And uh, I will miss working with her, but I know we'll stay in touch. Uh, I wish her very so much the best in her endeavors going forward. And I am. um, And so, Sarah, if you're listening to this, thank you. Thank you for everything you've done over the last couple of years. And I also want to say a special thanks to Lisa, who has come on board as my new assistant. I'm so grateful for her help going forward. Uh, to continue to produce the content in the podcast and, and some of the other things that we do in this community. So thanks to both of them. And that is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. As always, thank you for spending this time with me. I don't take it for granted. It, it, uh, it's an honor to me to know that you are there listening. I hope you found something in this that is helpful to you. Uh, I would love to hear from you about what that might be. And in the meantime, I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself. Go make your life matter.